The following podcast is brought to you by the Jollers Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjollers.com. All right, let's talk about Shithead. From pillar to post and coast to coast. This is a one-man gang. You're listening to a book... Do you watch wrestling? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to fight! Hey folks, my name is Matthew Terry and this is the It's Time to Fight podcast. Thank you so much for clicking on that play button. I appreciate every single click that that play button gets. And it's finally here, folks. It is here. Day three, the third episode of the UWA reunion series. Chaz Lovely, Tyler Logan, myself, sitting around talking about the Universal Wrestling Alliance, my wrestling alma mater. And on Wednesday, we talked about old times. Yesterday, we talked more about old times, and then we got into uh, Donnie Dangerous, who tried to uh, tried to maintain the Universal Wrestling Alliance, you know, tried to revive the Universal Wrestling Alliance to, to mixed results, admittingly. But today, today is the reason that Chaz and Tyler and I got together. It, it derives from a podcast I did a month and a half ago with Claude Prest. And I got together with Claude not to talk about UWA. That was not the intent of getting together with Claude. It was Claude was having a bit of a social media war with uh, some southern Ontario wrestling promotions. And, you know, Claude and I had crossed paths, you know, once or twice, 10 years ago. We knew of each other. We kind of kept up with each other on social media. So when this all happened... You know, I I wanted to, to, to give him an opportunity. I've said it before that I want It's Time to Fight to be an open forum, to be a, a safe zone. People can tell their side of the story. And I brought Claude on to do that, to tell his side of the story, because he was getting attacked from a lot of different directions. And, you know, you, you could tell that, you know, the guy was getting frustrated and, you know, he was lashing back in anger and it was just getting anger back at him. So I wanted, you know, a calm environment for Claude to to just sit down and say his side of the story. So that's what we did. And, you know, it turned into a bit of a UWA bash, an anti-UWA statement for a good portion of that podcast. So Chaz got a hold of me, Tyler got a hold of me and said, Hey, this is bullshit. And not and not just them. You know, there was there was a lot of guys who got a hold of me and said, You you realize that what Clotus is saying is bullshit. But Chaz and Tyler, you know, that that was that was uh th- th- those are my old friends and you know it just it it clicked to get them on here. Especially since, you know, I'm a product of UWA. I'm a product of Dave Dalton. So, you know, to get Tyler and Chaz on here to say their side of the story, again, open forum, 
you know, a, a safe zone to come in and say your piece without any judging whatsoever. It, I, 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 I jumped at the chance. And it turned into three days of great podcasting. Uh, I'm very happy to present it to you. And I'm going to present it to you in, in just like a minute or two. Before we get to that, before we get to the episode, I uh, I, I was looking at my statistics. I'm, I'm not much of a stats guy. I don't really go and look at you know exactly how much the podcast is being listened to. I know I have a good amount of fan base and I've kind of maintained but every once in a while I'll take a peek I'll see what the average listens is I'll see what the average you know listeners per day or per week or whatever it is just to see is the number going up the number going down um you know are people finding the podcast are certain podcasts you know climbing the list unexpectedly I find it fun to watch um so I want to share with you quickly uh the top 10 all-time listened podcasts of this incarnation of It's Time to Fight. Now, I haven't said in a while, um, when I say this incarnation, of course, It's Time to Fight used to be on Droids Canada. Then I had a falling out with Droids Canada, and I took It's Time to Fight away from Droids Canada. Um, So when I say this incarnation, that's what I mean. After, post-Droids Canada, let's just say that. So the uh, the top ten of this incarnation, because I'm sure those Droids Canada episodes, Droids Canada, you know, great po- great product, great content. Those uh, those listeners I know were just through the roof. So I just want to be specific, just so you're not saying, "Hey, what about that interview that you did?" You know, you know what I mean. Anyway, my top ten of this incarnation. Number one, Nikki Payne could not be happier about that. Nikki has been up there for quite a while. Mark from C4, which is in Ottawa. Angelina Love and Portia Perez. Um, I can't... Well, okay. Angelina Love, Portia Perez, and Al Snow are three, four, and five. I can't remember if Portia is tied with Angelina Love or tied with Al Snow. I can't remember who's tied there. But three, four, five, Angelina Love, Portia Perez, Al Snow. Uh, Number six is Ronnie James. Number seven is Mike Quackenbush. Number eight is Mike Roch. Number nine is ACH. Number 10 is Junior Benito. Those are my top 10. I want to point out Mark from C4, Portia Perez, Mike Roch, Junior Benito. That's four people in my top 10 that, you know, other Portia Perez, you know, she carved out a nice little niche, and I'm not downplaying the success that Mike Roch has had. And I want to point out Mike is still climbing. Mike's podcast is not that old, and he's, the, he's number eight. And he's still climbing. He's still going up the list. Um, but, you know, Mark Mark from C4, Portia Perez, Mike Roch, and Junior Benito are not exactly household names. But they are four names from my quote-unquote stomping grounds. And they are in the top ten. And I find that interesting. I find that, like, I know that's where I started. I know that's where my roots are. But... You know, this podcast has thousands of people following it. It has thousands of listens under its belt. And I don't have thousands of friends from the Ottawa area. I know I kind of carved a little bit of a niche as Terry Moonshine Mathis in the Ottawa area, but I don't think I I carved out enough of a niche to warrant, you know, four people from the Ottawa area or the Ottawa wrestling scene 
you know, in the top 10. Um, and again, I'm not, you know, I'm not downplaying Mike Roch and I'm not, uh, I'm not questioning the career that Porsche has put together. I just find it interesting when you look a little further down the list, number 17. Now, I should point out I have done this with this episode, I think is number 63, number 63 of this incarnation. So that's the top 10. Number 17 is Claude Prest. Now, I don't know how many of those are people listening to the podcast we're doing now and saying, well, I got to go check out this Claude Prest thing. Or I don't know how many of them are, hey, did you hear what Claude Press said? Oh, we got to listen to this again. Uh, you know, did that son of a bitch just say that? And I'm, I'm not saying that that's, you know, I'm not saying that's what's happening. But I don't. Claude Prest being number 17 out of, b- before you listen to this, 62, this is number 63, I found that amazing. On top of that, I looked at the stats um, yesterday, um, or sorry, not yesterday, yesterday from when you're listening to this. Yeah, that's what I meant. Number 21, the first UWA reunion show. I'm, I'm recording this the day before. Um you're listening to this, as I've just mentioned. The UWA reunion show is only a couple days old, and it's already made it up to 21. It's already gotten up to 21. Now, the UWA, the second reunion show, the one that you're listening to today, or no, today, my today, your yesterday. God, I can't keep this straight. Um, It hadn't even broken out of the 50s, but if you think about it, and I find that amazing. It, it was like at 57, I think. Um... I find that amazing. Why? Because it's only halfway through the day right now. My numbers, I know, shoot up in the evening. People get home from work. People finish what they're doing for the day. They finish, you know, whatever, grocery shopping, taking care of the kids, virtual learning, whatever it is. And then at night, they're like, okay, going to listen to my podcast. And that's when my numbers go up. But we're only halfway through the day, and they've already made it into the 50s which I know I'm, I'm only like 62, but th- they still have their growth spurt, if you will. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's it's amazing to me that the podcast that I do from the Ottawa area, and I guess I got to do more. I guess I got to get off my ass and start getting more of my Ottawa quote-unquote connections and get some, more, uh, get some more of them off here. Long story short, or long story even shorter, or longer, oh my lord, got to say that again. Long story even longer, ladies and gentlemen, it is uh, my appreciation that uh, you listen to me, that you enjoy this podcast, that uh, you guys come back every time I put one out. You know, I'm not going to push this for too much longer. I don't mean the podcast. I mean, I am not going to push the fact that You know, my wife has been dealing with stuff for a long time now, health-wise. And, yes, there's been a lot of starts and stops. And I get emotional when I say it. Thank you so much for supporting me. Thank you so much for supporting my wife. Those of you that send me messages and say, you know, I hope your, your wife is doing well. I hope she gets better. You know, I hope, you know, things get better. Uh, I appreciate all of you doing it, and I appreciate the fact that when a, an episode of this podcast goes out, you guys come on right back, and you, you, you don't know how much that means to me. So, I hate to take this sentimental moment and, uh, and kind of 
break it up, I guess. Ruin the whole damn thing. But I guess it's time for uh, for me, Chaz Lovely, and Tyler Logan. Folks, it's time to talk about shithead. But, can can uh, I say one more thing? Of course you can. Okay. I got to plug 1millionblocks.com. Guys, we are trying to get 1 million uh, Danish death bricks, L3GO blocks. <laughs> and uh, we're going to put on the craziest, biggest, dumbest wrestling match in history. And you can be part of history. Either send us your blocks and we'll sanitize them and bleach them before they're used. Or you can go on uh, 1millionblocks.com and there's links to our wish list and you can actually buy some blocks. There's a company called Lucky Doug, which makes really cheap blocks. And uh, we've been getting a bunch of those. I think they should be our sponsor. I think it should be the Lucky Doug Deathmatch. But I digress. Go to 1millionblocks.com. Support this shit. Um, You're going to be part of this match. Like You are part of this fucking match. You send us blocks. I'm putting your name on them. They're going to be in the match. So basically, somebody falls on that shit, they get hurt, you hurt them. It's your fault. Come on. Have fun with us. One million blocks.com. All right. So let's talk main, about main event time. Yeah, it's, 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 it's time for the main event. So I don't know how long after this, this episode is going to air after the episode with Claude Prest. Never, ever, ever, like even since you and I started, or you guys and I started talking about this, never have I had so many people get a hold of me with negative and contradictory stuff from a fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm up to, I, I started writing it down. I have 12 people written down here in front of me that have contacted <laughs> oh, me man. to say no or bullshit or and I've had people send me screen grabs. People I've never met have got have added me on Facebook and sent me screen grabs from conversations they've had with Claude saying, look, this is what he actually said to me. And I right. have never, ever, ever. And so <laughs> consider this for a second. Like I have not wrestled in I think it's eight years now yet I hear this and I'm talking to Chris and this is the thing that pulls me out of obscurity to start talking about <laughs> wrestling again, because I'm so offended by what I'm hearing. Like that's, that's how much like frustration and like just total confusion on my end. I felt when I was talking to Chris and like, Chris is like, here's what he said. And then I'd go listen to it. I'm like, you're, you're kidding me. And, you know, like, we'll get into it, but like, it's specifically the parts about UWA and his training and stuff that I'm like, no, like this, this needs to be addressed because like, I've, we've said it a few times in the interview, like we all have a lot of pride in terms of UWA and where we came from and being students of Dave. Um, so I, I feel like we're like obligated to set the record straight on this stuff because there's, there's a whole new generation of wrestlers out there now who have no idea who I am. Um, they would know of Chris through APW, but like they're hearing Claude come on your show and say all this stuff about his training and naming names too, like friends of ours. And people might hear that and take it as truth. And like in good conscience, I'm like, there's absolutely no way I can't reach out to you and just like say, Hey, 
by the way, all, everything he said about his 99% of what he said about his training is complete horse shit. And Chris and I chatted and we're like, <laughs> Much okay, like the horse shit come on, on <laughs> fuck, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But like, that's, that is what, like it, it, it frustrates me and it surprises me that this is what has prompted me to start speaking about my time in wrestling again. It's Claude fucking pressed. But anyway. All right. So just a blanket statement there. Yeah. But no, and, and not only did you approach me, you, you brought Chaz Lovely with you. <laughs> you made a group chat well, on Facebook, like right off the bat, did. just like, we're here because we want to talk to you. <laughs> and I'm sure Chaz was like, yeah, where are we going? What are we fucking we doing? <laughs> it was more or less kind of like that. It was like, yeah, like, you think we should like respond to this? And then all of a sudden I get a notification. There's a group chat like, oh, I guess we are. <laughs> oh, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. And like, you know, like just being realistic, like if I had just approached you and said, like, I'd like to talk to you about some of the things that Claude said on your show, like. As I said, I haven't been wrestling in eight years. It's probably going to fall on deaf ears for the most part. But Chris is still actively involved in the business. All right. Well, who wants to address what? Like, I I, I remember t- doing the interview with Claude. And if you remember during the interview, and you guys have said it, I, I kind of prefaced it by saying everybody deserves their chance to tell their story. The The talk about UWA was supposed to be just kind of a lead in. It was just supposed to be a catch up of, Hey, you and I met a couple times, you know, Hey, from UWA haven't seen you in a few years. And it just, it turned into this. It turned. And I, I was, I started being condescending. I don't think he knew I was being condescending. Yeah, We could tell, <laughs> but uh, again, I, I kind of, I went back to my training as a journalist uh, from school of everybody deserves to tell their story, so just let them kind of go. Um, but yeah, because when I, I talked to him, the reason he was on here was because he was starting to have this back and forth shit here in southern Ontario, and I wanted to address it because it, it was something that escalated so quickly. It was just like rah, 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 and they just started going at it. There was no build up to it, it was just let's go. And we did talk about that a little bit, but yeah, he did talk about UWA and he talked about Dave. And I do remember that when he talked about Dave, I was kind of like in my head, like, I don't, I don't appreciate that at all. So what exactly are we taking exception to? Because I, I I took exception to the representation of UWA and Dave Dalton, two things that, you know, I hold very dear to me. I don't, you know, like I can start with Dave, but it's not, it's not really what I want to like focus on his comments about Dave. Um, you know, he's right. He came in at the end of Dave's training and Dave was on his way out and definitely didn't have the same motivation he once had like that. I'm not arguing with Claude on that, but the fact of the matter is like, I think you said everyone deserves a second chance. And I had to laugh because like, that guy had a lifetime of second chances at our gym and the way he, he played the poor me card. Uh, like I was, I was, you know, mistreated by Chaz and rush and Rukin. And the only person who looked out for me was Hickster. Like he's forgetting a whole bunch of history there. And so I guess, 
you know, just getting right into it. And Chris mentioned the pants. Um, like, don't get me wrong here. Like I have family who've worked on farms and that's, you know, the nature of working on a farm is you get covered in shit. Um, but I've never had a family member come to meet me at a restaurant or go to a movie still wearing his shit covered pants, uh, to go out in public with me. So like from day one, like this guy comes in and like, we don't know who he is. So you, you want to approach that like sensitively, right? Like, Hey man, like, you know, we're all like rubbing against each other, sweating on each other. Like you've got my head under your armpit. Um, do you think you could maybe like clean up a bit before you would come in and like, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, great. And then like the next week he'd come in same shit covered clothing. Like, so it's just like right off the bat, like what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like, why is he not listening to us? And we weren't giving him a hard time about it. We were just being decent, respectful people saying like, it's, it's, it's etiquette and it's courtesy to come in here. Like in a, a, at least a washed set of clothing or at least clothing that's not reeking of cow shit or literally jeans covered in cow shit and expect us to get in the ring and wrestle with you. And I mean, I could keep going and I will, but I also want to like do like 50 50 here with Chris. Like he's going to have a whole bunch of things to say too. Um, But like the pattern you're going to notice here is a guy who is just completely naive and completely ignorant and wouldn't listen to anybody. I'll stop for now. <laughs> yeah. So to, touch on, to continue from that point, he doesn't listen to it. He wouldn't even listen to Dave. Like Dave would uh, like, you know, try and teach him how to do something and the same type of, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But like Dave wasn't putting as much effort into it because, you know, he was on his way out and um, he was trying, but you know, he could see this kid's just not going to pay attention. So he's kind of half-assing it. Um, then there would be times like Dave would show up maybe once a week. If that we had keys to the, to the school. So we would be running the, the classes because we were the most senior people there. And, you know, like he'd continuously come in and act up and be disrespectful to everybody and not listen and still with the hygiene and the clothes and everything. Um, and we tell him constantly. And then he, you can only tell somebody, the same thing over and over so many times before you start to get like, all right, listen, dickhead, if you don't cut this shit out, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to boot you out of here. And like, you, we can't like, you know, that's the mentality. We can't say we're going to boot them out of there because it's, it's not our school. That's, you know, um, but like Dave would come in, but like, like, we wouldn't, we wouldn't want to get in the ring with them. Basically we're like, there, there comes a point where you're just like, we've told you for, a month now to please come in showered and wearing clean clothes and you're not doing it like that's disrespectful and we're not going to wrestle with you we're not going to teach you and like for him to take offense to that is ridiculous like that's just common courtesy and it's etiquette and you know i think you look at like when he came in too um and dave wasn't around as much and that's fair but we were all trained in a way where you know first of all it could be months before you even actually get into the ring you're outside of the ring you're doing 
push-ups, sit-ups, squats, lifting weights before Dave would even allow you in the ring. And then when you finally do get in the ring, you're not wrestling or learning moves. You're doing rolls, you're doing back rolls. It's gradual. So he'd show up and like his first week or two, like he thought the ring was his own personal playpen and he could just get in there and start bouncing off the ropes, jumping off the top rope. For one, that's not how it works in terms of your training. Two, like you're creating a liability for Dave in terms of like, you don't know what you're doing and you could break your neck falling off the top rope because you're untrained. So slow down. And he never would listen to that. Yeah. So like he'd be like, there was one time he was on the ropes and, and I was like, Hey, and he just kind of looks, I'm like, are you, have you been trained how to climb the ropes or anything yet? No. Like, well then get down off of those. Like you don't do this stuff until you're trained. You'll, there'll be a class where you get to learn how the ropes work and how you run the ropes and climb them and everything. But until then stay off of them, don't touch them. You know, you're here to learn lockups and we're doing like rolls and stuff now. Um, and like, I tell Dave this kind of stuff when he pop in and be like, like we're trying to teach this guy because there's nobody here to teach him. And he doesn't want to train with us because we don't want to, or he doesn't want to get in the ring with us because we're refusing to train him because he's, you know, he's, smells like cow shit and everything. Um, so be like, you know, you got to do something about this guy. So Dave would go up to him and be like, Hey, listen, when I'm not here, these guys are in charge. And it was very like, you know, like, uh, like he really enforced it. Like, um, he's like, when I'm not here, these guys are in charge and you listen to them, like what they, what they say goes. And then, you know, like maybe he would calm down for like a, two classes or something. And then the next week would start and he'd be back to his old self. I think Dave told maybe at least, at least two or three times to like, listen to us. So he's like, I've told you before when I'm not here, these guys are in charge and he just wouldn't listen. And he would say like, you know, like in the interview you did, he said he was getting, we were taking liberties on him and hurting him on purpose and stuff like that. And which isn't the case. It was, he would not listen to Dave or any of us. Um, for like proper techniques for bumping and stuff. So all of his injuries were self-inflicted. We pick him up for a slam and he wouldn't know like how to take it. And then he would, he would complain that we hurt him. It's like, well, you're not like, we're not just picking up and just slamming you for the shit of it. Like you're not listening no to what we told you. Yeah. Like you, you're not landing on your back flat. This is, this is why, like there's only so much control you can do. And like, well, they'll give him a suplex or something like that. And he'd, he'd complain about that. It's like, well, you're, you're not going flat footed. You're smashing your heels into the mat. Like this is, or you're not laying on your back. This is why your sides hurting stuff. And he just complain and say that we're beating him up. And, but that's all of it was just because he wasn't, he wasn't listening. So he didn't, he never grasped how to even just land properly from the get go. So every bump that he took hurt and he would blame us for that. So it's just fucking ridiculous. Like we all, obviously we all make mistakes when we're training and that's to be expected, but you know, most people learn from their mistakes and it, he wouldn't learn from them. He wouldn't do it correctly the next time. And then not only that, but he'd blame other people for things not going wrong. Yeah. And that's like, that's the big how, difference. We're the, we're, we're the ones who are trained properly. None of us, no person has come into that gym and been intentionally hurt by any of us we're all professionals 
we put our trust into people before us to take care of us when we were training and we're returning that favor to other people coming to the gym now. But anytime something would go wrong, you know, 50, 50, it was either he wasn't listening to us or he was going into the ring and trying something stupid that he didn't know how to do and he'd get hurt. And I think that's what triggered his comment about, you know, guys taking liberties with him or whatever, or like trying to hurt him. Uh, no, no one ever tried to hurt anyone else while we were training. All we were doing was trying to teach him how to do things properly and he wouldn't listen. Um, I'm going to take this opportunity to mention um, Dave's speech to new students. I was there for at least one of them where a new student come in. I want to do this. This is what I want to do. This is, and one of Dave's first things was like, no, you don't, you don't want to do this. Yep. Same thing to me. And he's he like, if you think you're going to become a superstar, you're probably not. You know, if you think you're going to make a living out of this, you're probably not. Um, if you don't live with mom and dad or you don't get along with mom and dad, you better build that bridge back up if you want to do this, like for somewhere to, to stay and everything. And Dave always stressed a respect for wrestling always stressed a respect for each other because you're protecting each other. And it, and it's not even so much putting it on you guys. Like, okay, we talked about Max Alexander earlier, but was, what, did Max ever have a reputation of taking liberties with someone? Um, only once. Not with the, me. Yeah, not with me, and which is like ironic because we despised each other and I, anytime we wrestled each other though, it was completely fine. We, you know, you take, you set that stuff aside and, you know, in-ring work is different than yeah outside of the ring. Um, and I, I, I even actually wrestled uh, Claude once at one of those uh, the small, the school shows and I had a match with him. I didn't hurt him or anything that yeah. had a completely fine match, but, but it's, uh, it's, it's for... just, it's speaking to Dave's etiquette and, you know, the way you have to conduct yourself. Yeah. That, and I'm not putting it on you two guys. Like, and you're, even though I know both of you guys and your personalities, you never would have gotten through Dave's training if you didn't, if you didn't have respect for, for other people, right. for the people you're working with. Um, and it's something that you would have taken out of your quote unquote graduating that this is how things work exactly so and and again that's i'm not i'm not saying you know i'm not saying claude is full of shit <laughs> everybody has their their opportunity to, to you know their point of view and everything but that is honestly my point of view that you would not have you two and anyone else wouldn't have made it through dave's training if you had disrespect or you took liberties or you you know you did that yeah, I, I fully agree with you. We would have been tossed from the gym. We would have been considered unprofessional. We would have been a hazard to the people we were working with in the ring. There would have been no place for us. Um, and I dare defy anyone just... to, to say differently about Dave. I dare and defy anyone to say it other than Claude Press. Yeah. And, and the old, like, let's be real. Like, Claude never, like, graduated from Dave's school. He just happened to learn how to bump and get by and then went off on his own. And that's a whole other story. But like, 
he wasn't a part of any sort of class that graduated from Dave's school. Um, and Dave was not around enough to see what we saw. But like Chris said earlier, like Dave basically told him, like, listen to these guys. I trust them. You need to listen to them. They're in charge. And uh, he had no interest in that. Um, you know, he talked about he talked about the hickster being the only guy who like kind of looked out for him. And, you know, I think what he fails to realize there too, is like, like Tim's a very, he's a very gentle giant, nice guy. I don't know anyone who has anything bad to say about Tim as a person. And um, Tim would come into the gym. Um, I'll call him hickster or try to hickster would come into the gym and probably like once a month, he'd, you know, talk to the new kids and like get in the ring with them for five or six minutes, you know, like chops, leg drops, all the hickster stuff. Right. And just, you know, then like he'd sit down with you after and coach you and say like, okay, here's what I think you did. Well, he did that with everybody. That was not like some sort of um, taking yeah. Claude under his wing. And like, same with the North tours. Like he asked every single one of us, like, do you want to come up North with me, brother? Like, uh, and like, you know, we could have, but at the same time, like we were all getting regular bookings in with Dave and with other promotions in Ottawa and Montreal and Oshawa. So like, it wasn't something we needed to go and do just to get work, but Claude had already sunk his reputation in Ottawa and he couldn't get booked anywhere. So he had no choice, but to go off with Tim. Hickster. Sorry. <laughs> Now, where does uh, where does the golden boy is is that where it comes from? Because Dave's saying these are these are these are my guys. These are the guys I trust. Is that where golden boy comes from? I mean, I guess that I'm, I apparently I'm the golden boy in my mind, as as Claude so eloquently put it. Um, I don't know, man. I honestly, I think it's just so, because we were the only ones that fully graduated think- and were like like determined and respect and all that stuff, you know, we are the ones that stuck around. So this click he's talking about is not a click. It's the, it's us that stuck around and didn't drop out of classes or anything. We were the ones there two, three times a week. I think his perception of that and why he would make that comment is like Chris and Dave had a tight relationship. Like they were talking about like life after UWA and like, Chris and his dad already like had a plan in the back of their minds. So Dave trusted Chris and um, from Chris's class, like Dino would come around fairly regularly, but not all the time. Cheeky was really banged up. Like, and I think like, I don't think he was coming to the gym a whole lot in the Claude days. Like, and if he was, it was minimal time in the ring. Cause like he had a really bad neck issue. And then Jen, Portia, she was, you know, doing well for herself in the business and not coming to the gym as much anymore. So like Chris basically had seniority and like, was kind of like, you know, the, the head coach or whatever in Dave's absence. So I think that's where maybe Claude perceives him as golden boy, but it was not like Chris was being exceptionally hard on him at any point in time. Um, Chris was just trying to like keep structure to classes and keep making sure Claude was learning now, to be fair, um, Chaz, who would you have said was Dave's golden boy when you were training? When I started training? Yeah. Because we've talked about how there was, 
I don't you know the outgoing class and then the incoming class, but the outgoing class was still around. Who would you have labeled? I don't know, man. I mean, the only person I could say would be like, you know, the top student, uh, but he was gone before I got there would be MVP. Uh, like that was Dave's guy. And everybody knew that. And like, there was no, like, there was no kind of issue. It was just everybody knew like MVP was the guy. Well, I just kind of mean more like if Dave was unable to train, who was uh, who was the guy he turned the reins over to? Um, Dave was always there when when I was training, so there was okay. never a point when yeah, there was nobody. There was also just nobody there that would have been a senior. Uh, maybe Hickster would have been like you know, I'll get you started with some bumps or something like that before Dave if he if Dave was running late, but you know. Nine times out of ten, Dave was there all the time, on time, and he's running class from start to finish and stuff. So, I, I wasn't trying to downplay like your position with Dave. It was more I know, uh, honestly. I didn't even ha- I didn't have a position. I was just well, no, the, I don't mean position. The most senior person there. Yeah. I wouldn't even consider myself um, like um, qualified to to train. Like I help I help train at the uh, the keep the the dark order school out in, in Gatineau. And, you know, I help out with the classes there. I can't take bumps or anything. So I can't, um, you know, take a move and be like, see, this is the way you do it. I can break down stuff and show them piece by piece, little things that they need to crack with like footing and stuff. But even then, like they'd have me running uh, some classes and stuff. It was like, ah, like I, like I get it. I've been doing it a long time, but I still, I don't feel like I'm qualified to do it. So even okay. to this day, I've been in this for, I don't know, 16 years or something like that since 2004. So whatever the math adds up to now, yeah. um, I still don't feel qualified to, it's just a, I don't know. It's just a thing like, cause you're never going to, you're never going to feel like you're fully trained. There's always ways to learn from anybody. So I'm never going to feel like I'm qualified to be a legitimate teacher to be like hey i you know you got your training from chaz lovely or something no if somebody was, said that i would be like don't don't tell them that <laughs> don't tell them that um no it was it was more of a question because like you know claude saying this was his golden boy yeah where you know through the years you know i'm sure dave had students that he would have like you said hickster and maybe to a degree max alexander um caster i could see him like i have to go deal with this over here you know, do this with the, with the guys. Normally it would be a situation of Dave would be like, um, he get, he get it to a point in the class where it'd be like, okay, we're going to do, uh, some six minute matches or something. So you guys go plan a match. I'm going to go take care of some stuff over here. So okay. it's not even like he was leaving us, like leaving somebody else in charge. He would just give us something to do to work on while he wasn't there. So it'd be something like not even in ring, it'd be like planning a match. And then when he came back, be like, okay, Get in the ring. Let's you know. Let's do the matches. All right. So, anything else that we take exception with, with Claude? <laughs> um, man, I take exception to um, him uh, calling out Rip Impact and saying like that he he shouldn't be training people and stuff. It's like, what the hell was that? That one kind of blew me away. Yeah, I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about Rip Impact. No, I've, I've I... worked him twice, maybe three times, but. I've met him like I've been on shows with him a bunch of times. He's a super nice guy, very yeah. quiet. I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about Rip Impact. 
I, I, and I, I love telling this story. Him and I were doing a Ring of Honor show in Toronto. So I picked him up on my way through Hamilton. And we hit uh, uh, Toronto. And it's just absolutely, the traffic is just moving at such a slow pace. And we're just, we're going, going, going. And suddenly, from the seat next to me, I just hear fucking traffic. And I look over at him and I'm like, did you just say fucking traffic? And he's like, yeah. I said, did Rip Impact just say fucking? Yeah. And like he's it's, like, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't work coming out of him. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's quiet and reserved. So, yeah. you know, like, that's, that's another theme too. Like, you have to look at, like, from, Claude says he's been in the business 10 years. Like, he wrestled consecutively argue, for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. You could argue how many matches he's had in 10 years and, like, how much 10 years experience really means. Like, that's, a different argument but like you know you look at the pattern of things that's developed with him over time it's like he's burned bridges in uwa he's burned bridges all across ottawa um the donny thing that came up on your podcast i don't know the circumstances there but that ended poorly uh he buries chris thorne he buries rip impact it's like you've buried maybe with the exception of donny you've buried a bunch of people who have very good reputations across ontario and and indie wrestling at what point do you stop and say, maybe it's me, maybe it's not them that are the problem, maybe it's me. But with him, it's impossible to get through to him. He's he's too dumb and he's too ignorant to even realize the mistakes he's making over and over and over again. And it's got to the point now where like, I don't follow wrestling as closely as I used to. But it's quite clear that the only time this guy can wrestle is if he's promoting the show himself because no one's going to book him. So, and like, I don't know who's going to listen to this, but people out there who are looking for work, avoid Claude. Like it serves the business, no purpose to go and work for Claude other than maybe fulfill your own ego of I'm a professional wrestler and I'm working on a professional wrestling show. It sewers the business in Ontario is what it does because people pay money to go watch this terribly run show They'll see total shit. They'll remember it. And all they're going to do is associate it with independent wrestling. And then they won't come to legi legitimate shows. So I hope whatever Claude is doing right now, people are taking with a grain of salt. And I, you know, listen to Chris and I and the stories we're telling. And, you know, this is not whatever he's doing now. It's not new. It's a pattern of ignorance from day one when he tried to get into this business. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the, the podcast, but uh, if you go to the advertisement and I'll, I'll send it to you guys for their next show, which I think is the end of April. Um, that show's uh, not going to happen. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> the, the picture shows up and actually it's on Kijiji. Yeah. The next show is on Kijiji. <laughs> That's where he's advertising. Kijiji. Yeah. That tells you all you need to, you know, to know right there. And the cover photo is Johnny Luscious. Yep. It's not even a wrestling poster. No, it's not a wrestling poster. It's a picture of Johnny Luscious. Yeah. And I like, looked at the photo, and it's kind of a fuzzy photo. I'm like looking at it, I'm like, I know that guy. Who is that guy? And I'm like, that's not Johnny Luscious. And then I scroll down, and it's like, yeah, Johnny Luscious manages the Russian or something. And anyway, <laughs> I just, yeah. that's, that's just kind of a sidebar. Um, but yeah, you were talking about how like the common denominator 
it is Claude. And again, I'm not trying to shit on him because I'm trying to be the the unbiased, you know, interviewer. But I, I sitting there interviewing him, I'm sitting there thinking like, maybe it's you, dude. Like you're the common denominator of all these things. Um, so I don't disagree with you that he's like, I don't, I don't think he's a bad person, and I don't think he means bad. And he's not a mean person. Like, I do agree with you. Like, you know, from just talking to him, like, maybe, like, he, he is a, can be a nice guy, but like, he's just thick in the head. And like, best efforts were made day in, day out to try and help him. And he, he's either too ignorant or just doesn't care to take good advice when he sees it. And it's like, at what point do you just throw your hands up in the air and just say, I'm done with you? Like, I can't, what am I supposed to do here? Yeah. And uh, you were talking about Rip Impact and how he's always oh, he shouldn't be training people. And then he named people. Steve Brown was one of the people. And right away, like the I had well, I had posted it at midnight, like seven o'clock in the morning. Steve Brown <laughs> messages me and messages me and says, by the way, I wasn't trained by Rip Impact. <laughs> and I sent him a message back going, I know I can't remember who trained you. Otherwise, I would have said in the interview. Like, uh, by the way, like, you know, Steve was, I would have, like, I wouldn't have been confrontational, but I said, oh, just so you know, like, you know, Steve Brown was, uh, was, and I forget the guy's name again. I feel bad because he's a real nice man. Um, Did you notice how, uh, it's funny you brought that up, but like, he talks about Steve Brown training at Rip's school and he said something like, you know, I don't want to shit on Steve Brown. He's, he's okay. Or he's not bad, whatever. But then like 15 minutes before that, he's like, well, I book Steve Brown. Like, <laughs> like Christ, man. Like you're admitting that you think a guy you book is just okay or not very good. Like it's just, he's helpless. And that's one of the guys that in this Twitter war or this social media war, that's one of the guys or his company is one of the ones that he's, shitting on yeah i don't get involved in the uh the social media back and forth stuff i barely go on my social media i but somebody had sent me the video of claude doing a selfie promo and be like he sounds like he's plastered when he's advertising this show and i'm just like what is this why is he back again is that the one where he says we're going to use real wrestlers yeah from canada and everywhere else Yeah, yeah yeah Elite professionals, and then says uh, Johnny Luscious in the same breath. <laughs> and I was like, "Dude, <laughs> come on, man!" But yeah, for, he, for those who don't know who Johnny Luscious is, yeah, like we mentioned before, he he's another guy who never really finished training and never uh, he maybe had three matches or something. He's yeah. not. And just like he said, he he said at the in his interview, he's they're taking it down to the U.S. and the and the U.K. And I was like, yeah. "Oh boy." That's our big announcement yeah. is that we're taking it to the U.S. and the U.K. And- <laughs> yeah. Who is he to, like, talk about students from other schools? He didn't even graduate his own school. And, mm-hmm. like, I don't know about I – don't, I don't think I ever came across any of Rip's students. I don't even know if Rip was teaching when I was still wrestling. But Chris was. And, like, he, he would bring his students with him in the car to places like Cornwall. And they were always super respectful. They were broken in the right way. <laughs> like, it, it – behooves me that Claude thinks he has any uh, right to um, talk about the way Chris would run his promotion or his school. I, I don't understand it. I, I think a lot of it comes from 
Gatain Rulliard, who he's working for. Um, I think he's, you know, he's taking, he's taking, uh, you know, Gatain's soapbox and jumping on top and, you know, t- and, and spouting what Gatain is saying. Cause you know, and that's kind of what Gatain did with me was he knew that his reputation was, you know, shitty. And he wanted me to say, you know, Gatain wants a second chance. He wants, uh, he wants people to know that he's legit. He wants to know this. Now I took it. I took the reins in a little more than Claude has. Like I was kind of the liaison that said, yeah, you know, he does have this reputation and da da da. But it was, it sure as hell wasn't on social media. And it sure as hell wasn't me ranting and raving, telling other people that they were garbage. It was, yeah, he wants to try to run a show. And his first show, Katan's first show, like five people, no, no exaggeration, five people showed up, but everybody got paid, got paid well and the whole thing. And I, the next show, I said, hey, he had this show. There was a bomb scare. Everybody got paid. And it was, I just, I, I think it's, I'm not trying to take any of the pressure or any of the blame off of, of uh, Claude because he's conducting himself the way he's conducting himself. Yeah. But I was in the exact same position and I just didn't shout it from the rooftops like he is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, hasn't I mean like, one, he's I, done, he hasn't done one show and he's already saying we're going to be the, the biggest thing or something like whatever, something like that. He said, I, was like, huh? yeah. I don't keep up with what he's doing. I, like I didn't even know he was still wrestling until I saw that video you talked about the like selfie one and I don't care, but at the same time, it's like, it's frustrating me that this is like, he's like the shit you can't scrape off your shoe. And it just like, it's still there years and years and years later. And no pun uh, intended. I don't no pun intended. And like, I honestly, I don't, I don't care what he does from here on out. I just, heard what he said about our school and our trainer and like that's what rubbed me the wrong way everything else that we're talking about outside of that is just you know my observation from listening to him and like knowing what he's like and like i can think i can explain why he's had all these problems over and over and over again all right so is that is that your closing word on uh on claude ryan it was far too many words on Claude to begin with, but yes. <laughs> All right, Chris, what's your final word on Claude? Uh, I mean, it's basically the same thing. It's just this person that, you know, you think they're finally gone and then they resurface. And it's not even that they're going to make any type of impact or something like that. It's just, you don't, you don't belong here doing this stuff. You, We've all seen how you run shows and how terribly they are you using guys that are untrained, you know, there's like six people in the audience and it's just, it's just stop, just stop. You he's burned every bridge. Just it's even if it's minimal, it's, it affects the Ontario independent scene. Cause if that's one person's first time going to an independent wrestling show, they see that and they go, well, I'm not going to, come back to an independent wrestling show again, I'll stick to going to a WWE show or something like that, you know? Yeah. Well, what I take out of this, I've already, I've interviewed Claude. I've talked about Claude. I do want to say a couple things. Number one, here it is 2021. And let's say UWA 
has been closed for what, 15 years? 14 years? 13 Since years? 2009. Yeah, so 12 years. Here it is 12 years later, and here's three guys st- stepping up for UWA. Yeah, and, and I, uh, I'm and sure there, for, would be, there would be more that would uh, do it as well. Oh, I'm sure. And yeah, um, sure. take it for what you will, and I'm not trying to be sappy or anything. I think it's great that the three of us are willing, like, hey, you know, don't don't talk about Dave, don't talk about UWA, you know, don't talk shit about them. It's, um, it's not even anything just specifically special of Dave. Anybody is going to defend their first trainer school, yeah. you know, majority, you know. But yeah, yeah, like I, I think I think what, and I, I know you're trying to like make a nice, eloquent close to this, and it was very <laughs> nice, and I, I was even tearing up a little. Um, but you're, you're totally, you're totally bang on. I think you should go back to that point, but like what Claude fails to realize is he comes onto your podcast and he says he's a Dave Dalton trainee. Well, that is souring the name of Dave Dalton when he goes around to shows and acts the way he does. That's, that's a reflection on Dave. And I don't really think Dave would give a shit anymore, but at the same time, it's like, Dave put a lot of years into this business and a lot of us would not be in the business without Dave. So I think, you know, the fact that we still keep up with things and follow things, we have an obligation to stand up for Dave and for that school and for UWA. Yeah. All right. The second thing I want to talk about is this right here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hate this shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this shirt for the for the simple reason of the the resurrection show when I do the thing with Sabu and I'm security in that. I was given one of these shirts that said staff on the back. And when I was done, I said, Well, fuck yeah, I'm keeping this. And I went to Dave and I said, Hey, you know, do you mind if I keep this as a memento? He's like, Yeah, go ahead. So I took it and I took it off and I put it on top of my stuff. And later on that night I went back and it was gone. The, my shirt was off the top of the pile. And I asked a couple people like uh, that who I would think would be cleaning up. Like, did you take the shirt from here? No one owned up to it. So Dave told me to go get another one. There was only one left in Lee's Avenue office, and it was this one. I've never worn it uh, because I'm too fucking fat for it. Um, (laughs) This a couple times has been my shirt that I'm like, I got to lose weight so I can get into this. But it's a fucking large and you know how far I got to go to get a fucking large. The other, <laughs> the other thing I hate about this fucking shirt is, and it's been like this since I got it. As I said, there was one shirt left. I have never seen another one since, but the seam is, is, is torn. Anyway, all of this, um, all this being said, you, uh, Chris, you said you had one of these, but it's seen better days. It's uh, it's on its last legs. Yeah, I had the exact same thing. The staff the staff shirt that I wore well, in security one night. Yeah, well, this one and the sleeves doesn't... are cut off of it too. Yeah, because because <laughs> the sleeves are all tattered. <laughs> but uh, this one here doesn't say staff on it. But Chris, if you want me to, I will I will ship this to you. If yeah. you want to, you repeat... sure? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's not going to fit me, and I only give stuff to people. I appreciate people who have appreciation. So, dude, if you want me to ship that to you, you just you send me off an address and uh, I'll get that out to you. Man, that's, that's you haven't seen Chris in ten years. You're out of your mind if you think it's going to fit him too. Yes, I can still squeeze into a large. No, no, no. As I said, it's a, it's an appreciation uh, for people who have appreciation. I I appreciate you guys coming on here today. I really do. Man, I really appreciate you. Uh 
parting with that. That's that's awesome. That's something. That, honestly, I, I I probably won't wear it either. I'll probably that'll be something that I'll just keep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to follow this podcast on Twitter, it is at Time to Fight Pod. If you want to follow me, the host Matthew Terry. It is at Announcer Terry. I'm a ring announcer. I'm a damn good one. That's why it's called Announcer Terry. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about this podcast, by all means, send us an email. Time to fight pod at gmail.com. That's it, folks. That's the three episodes. Those were three of the best days, three of the best produced episodes I, I, I have done so far on It's Time to Fight. It was... It was great to sit down with those guys. We're already talking about doing another one, inviting more cast of characters, you know, into the round table. Some of the names that you heard uh, us talk about, you know, let's let's clarify some of the stories that uh, that we were talking about. Let's uh, tell some more stories, you know, because every day these things have been coming out, and every day. You know, the three of us are getting a hold of each other and like, we never talked about this. We never talked about that. You know, why the fuck did we not talk about this? And, you know, or, you know, I said this, but then we never talked about it. Like, we should really talk. So it's going to happen again, folks. Well, we know it's going to happen. But um, it's just when. Uh, what's going to happen from here? I don't know. I really don't know. I, and I mean, what's going to happen like next week? Uh, I mentioned earlier in the week how a lot of the files got uh, got corrupted and were unusable. So now I got to go back and, you know, I got to do some new interviews. I got to do some re-interviews. So I don't exactly know what's going to happen next Wednesday. You know, I, I kind of got into the habit of telling you guys, this is my next guest. This is my, uh, this is where we're going. This is, this is what to look forward to. But honestly, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next Wednesday. Uh, if you didn't catch it before, the reason the show has moved to Wednesday is because uh, I've gone back to doing uh, a podcast that I used to do called Shooting the Shit Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday was the day that this show usually showed up. Um, but now I'm going back to Shooting the Shit Tuesday, and obviously that show can only go on one day. Um, so we moved this show to Wednesday. Why? Because Dangerous Danny Davis and myself are going to start doing the Dangerous Podcast on Thursdays. Um you know, just uh, danger, uh, dangerous Danny Davis and I sitting around talking about, uh, you know, his old times, talking about his experiences and taking questions from you guys. You can send uh, your your uh, your questions to the dangerous podcast at Gmail dot com. Uh, by all means, send us the questions. And, uh, you know, Danny Davis, he's he's very open to answering uh, whatever you guys might want to know. So thanks again for tuning in. For this episode, thank you so much for tuning in for all the episodes this week. I, I don't want to downplay. On Monday, I talked to Jay Reynolds, another past UWA uh, friend, the son of uh, you know Johnny Luscious, who I used to run with. So go back and listen to that. This week has been a great episode, great episode, great episode, great episode. I can't remember how many times I said great episode, but four great episodes this week. And uh, we plan on putting out more great episodes for you every single week. Thanks again, guys. Isaac, I love you, buddy. I love it, too.